Ciao, Sue. Ciao, Sue. I'm really hyped about releasing the Reborn podcast. Do people know that there's 33 of them? Well, actually, there's not. There's 33 episodes of the series, but we have about 10. Because some of them are bunched up together. Good. (laughs) It's going to be so much fun. I haven't started editing the episodes yet. I just. Well, there's there's no rush. Feel free to bury them in a chest on an island for 200 years. <laughs> oh, they're really good. And I have a feeling it's going to be well received, which means you are contractually obligated to watch season two with me. Okay, yeah, if enough people like it, I will watch season two of Reborn. Yeah, and we'll do a yeah. podcast on it, and we will record it, and we will record our commentary, just like for the first one. All right. I mean, we're we're over ten percent of the way through the series already. Yay! Yeah. All right. You ready for this? Yep. Me, 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 me. Okay. Okay. Hi, Richie. Hi, Sin. Welcome to the podcast, Richie. Oh my god, am I on it? (laughs) It's an honor to be here. For the first time, I've been a big fan. And I was humbled and honored when you asked me on. Uh, 200 times. talking about today, Richie? We're talking about the notes of Bloodborne. Yay! And today's note is note number 12. When the red moon hangs low, the line between man and beast is blurred, and when the great ones descend, a womb will be blessed with child. Whoa! That was the sound of sin gaining insight. Just like see, see someone transform into a beast. Whoa! <laughs> so, where do we find that note? Like the previous note, this is in Bergenworth, but it's on the opposite side of Bergenworth. Mm. Mm. I am just actually going to check because I remember this being in a book, but I think it is actually in a little slip of paper that's sticking out of a book. I'm looking at the Bloodborne wiki, and it looks like it's between books. Yeah, I I think it's a little slip of paper in between those two books. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so... um. And again, that that makes it important because it's like, it's not in, it's not like Willem has a book that tells you that. It's like that's someone's note that they've made while researching. Because you find it like, it's 
tucked in between those two books and at the bottom of like at the base of it there's just this huge pile of books that are all like open and spread out on the floor so what's happened is someone has gone to bergenworth and they've like rifled through like all of these books and they've stayed up like all night possibly like for days at a time trying to figure out what's going on presumably this is also someone from the choir and um they have hit on like what's going on although I mean, I guess we'll come to it when we come to like the differences. But this may this may be the Mensis note, based on like what the subject matter is, rather than a choir. Because I, I, the version we're reading now could be the choir, but also like the way it's written in Japanese suggests not the choir. Okay, so let's okay. look at the English version first. Yeah. When the red moon hangs low. The line between man and beast is blurred. Could you talk mm. about that? You know how when the red moon happens and Gilbert turns into a werewolf? Yes. And and also in old Yarnum, there's a red moon and everyone turned into werewolves. Yes. I think it could be referring to that. Oh, mm. fascinating. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. What about the cleric beast? Well, yeah, this is a thing. Um, let's say that there's an influential person in the community who will remain nameless, <laughs> but insists aggressively and loudly that people only ever turn into beasts under the red moon. <laughs> that person is, I would have to say, like, empirically wrong based on what we see in the game, because Yarnum is full of, like, there's Scourge Beasts running around, there's, like, the Cleric Beast, we see Gascoin transform, we see Amelia transform. This all happens prior to the Red Moon. Uh-huh. So, whoever they are <laughs> is incorrect and needs to stop yelling at me. <laughs> I feel like we should have them on the podcast. Well, we'll see. <laughs> um, okay. And when the great ones descend, a womb will be blessed with child. Yeah, um, this is the part that is weird in Japanese, but um, I know. For the but sake, first, I we're going to talk about yeah, this one. I know. This is what I'm saying. That like, it's not like this is is incorrect. It's just it's referring to a different event that happens anyway. So. This is referring to what happens with Ariana. Yes. And it may, like, refer to other children of Great Ones who have been born, but we don't know. Oh, and if you want to know more about Ariana, check out Michaela's video, which I will link in the description. Yay! Yay! Can you very generally just explain what this means in the English note? Well, what it's referring to is, like, when the the Red Moon happens, the kind of, like, the dreamlands and the waking world, the boundary becomes more malleable. And that allows Erden to get inside Ariana's blood and conceive a little slug baby inside her. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, a legit child of the Great Ones. So, if... If you want third chords, 
maybe you gotta be like, I got some Red Moon going on. <laughs> to uh, help us get, get those extra chords. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. And can you talk about the Japanese version now? Oh god, okay. So, this took a while to straighten out. The first part is basically the same, but it says, like, the it's more like the boundaries of man, rather than the line between man and beast. And that's important because, like, the Red Moon doesn't just turn you into a beast, if you look at, like, Imposter Yosefka. Mm-hmm. She thinks the Red Moon will turn her into a great one. Mm-hmm. And, like, depending on how you interpret Rom, like, maybe Rom transformed under the Red Moon. Like, we don't quite know, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, specifically becoming a beast. It means, like, the, the entirety of humanity becomes something that can be reshaped. Can you read the English translation? Of the Japanese note in your best Gilbert voice? Uh, well, after he becomes a werewolf. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and what about before he becomes a werewolf? Uh. uh. Don't you have it on hand? No, I just said it then. I don't have it written down. Richie? Okay, hang on. <coughs> when the red moon hangs low, <coughs> the line between man and beast is blurred. <coughs> I had to do Gilbert's Japanese script for meth, and like all of that coughing is subtitled. Oh. <laughs> He's got little onomatopoeia for just constant coughing throughout all of his dialogue. But I was more interested in the second part and what it says in Japanese. Yeah, but we said the first part. Yeah, but we're on the second part. When did we get on the second part? Like, just then? Or was I supposed to... Okay. I don't know. I thought we were on the second part. Am I confused? I think everyone's confused. The listeners are confused. I'm confused. You're confused. (laughs) No, because... Okay, because... The the part that's different is the second part. Well, the first part is is technically different because it doesn't specify man and beast. It's it's more general. Oh. Which is why I was talking about Impostia Sephia, because she thinks the Red Moon will help her ascend into, like, a new life form. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. And the reason that most people turn into beasts when the Red Moon hits is because they're not enlightened enough. Okay, how about, because I was getting the notes confused, how about we start over with the Japanese one, because I'll have no idea how to edit the shit. Okay. Okay. Note note number 12, (laughs) Japanese part take two. Okay. Sin, I believe you have something to say. (laughs) I have a lot to say. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what does the whole note say in Japanese? It says something more like, when the red moon hangs low, the boundaries of man are blurred. And then it's like, the great ones will descend while we hold the child in our arms. Okay, thank you. Can you talk about the first part of the note? So the first part of the note, it's basically the same, but it doesn't specify man and beast. 
<laughs> so that that explains like why Imposter Yosefka is trying to ascend with a third chord under the Red Moon. Because she thinks that like it's not just man and beast, it's like man in general. Like the whole human race becomes something that can be reshaped. So she is like thinking, okay, the red moon's there. I can use this to try and basically do like the ROM thing again. I can try becoming a great one under the red moon. And um, like this happens to members of the choir as well. If you go to Upper Cathedral Ward, there's a bunch of brain suckers. And they're very, very heavily implied to just be people from the choir who transformed. One of them even has the, the key, the orphanage key, implying like that was just someone with a key. And because the choir had much more insight than like the regular Yanamites, they turn into brain suckers. Some of them turn into scourge beasts as well, but they have these like glowing blue eyes. So it's implying that like they're slightly different to a regular beast. They're like the, there's more or less something arcane about them. So yeah, it, it just means like the boundaries of humanity, like the boundaries of what is human begin breaking down. And the reason they talk about beasts is because it's mostly beasts, but not always. Hmm. And can you talk about the second part? Okay, the second part of the note is the, is the important part because it doesn't it doesn't mention a womb. It doesn't mention like a it's not like a prophecy. Like the way it's written in English is it reads like a prophecy of what happens to Ariana. The way it's written in Japanese is like it's like a plan. Like this isn't a prophetic vision of what will happen. This is like we'll do this red moon thing, and then when the great ones descend under the moon, we will hold this child. Like we will. It's weird. It's not like necessarily hold. It's like have or like we will have the child with us. We will have the child in our arms, and it's referring to the the whole thing that this plot is kind of mechanically working off of, which is that the Great Ones want children. So if we do this thing where, like, the boundaries of reality start to shift and the Great Ones can descend into our world, we will have for them this child. Which is what they seek, and we'll be able to, like, offer it to them. Or, or potentially, like, you know, we will have the child and the Great Ones will, like, that's what will call them down, because they'll want the child. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, this could refer to... It's weird, because like we were saying, it's it's a note. We don't know who left it. So like it could... This could be a note that like Lawrence made. Because that's kind of what he ends up doing. He ends up triggering the red moon, and then offering like this child in the workshop to the moon presence. Um, it could reference, like, if you say that, like, maybe Rom turned into the spider under the red moon, because that's sort of what Imposter Yosef is trying to do, so it kind of lines up. That maybe, like, this is what is what Bergenworth were doing, and they were like, okay, well, when this thing happens, we'll, like, offer the court of the Orphan of Cos, and then Cos will come down and, and um, bless us with her insight. And it's also what Mikolash ends up doing where he runs off to the Nightmare of Mensis with Murgo. And, like, he's off- like when the Red Moon happens, he's able to offer Murgo to, uh, he thinks, Cos, but Cos doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. 
So basically it goes from being like a prophecy of something that happens to like, this is the plan. This is what we'll do. And that's why I was saying like, it doesn't read like the choir wrote it because the choir's whole thing is like, don't fucking do the moon thing. If we do the moon thing, we will all die. (laughs) Red moon, bad, Mensa's bad. (laughs) Uh, Kidnapping children, also bad. But stars and and planets thinking about them good. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's positioned there. Like that's why I'm saying it doesn't read like the choir wrote it. So probably not the choir members who are going to and from Mensa to and from Bergenworth. Um, it might be now that they've patched in Damien. It might be Damien's note, like retroactively. Because that's near where Damien is. It's like, there's one side Yuri in that note, and then the other side is Damien in that note. So it sort of works symmetrically. Hmm. Isn't that, like, interesting symmetry? That there's, like, Bergenworth, and it's in halves. And on one half is Damien and the plan for the Mensa's ritual. And on the other half is Yuri and the plan for the choir ritual. And then right in the middle is Willem. Oh, that's Mm. deep. Did Mm. you just make that up? Well, it's what happens in the game. Well, did you just, like, think of that? Um, yeah, basically. So, our podcasts are good because they help you think, Richie. Yeah, we're, we're teaching about how you communicate narrative through space. Yeah, although, yeah. Although, they probably didn't do a very good job because, like, we just hit on this four years after the game came out. <laughs> <laughs> probably not very well communicated. Oh, burn. <laughs> but it rewards close reading. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I feel like this is something Dignity City would do a podcast on. So you think that, like, as the podcast has dragged on and we've run out of normal things to discuss, <laughs> that now it's, like, gone to the extremes. It's either the stupidest shit imaginable. <laughs> Or it's, like, incredibly esoteric things that we've only just noticed. Yeah. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Hmm. And if you want to know more about Dignity City, check out the Willem podcast, or Bergenworth podcast, which I will link in the description. Don't learn anything about Dignity City. It's not a real place. It is a real place, and we prove it in the Bergenworth podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is what I mean we went from this discussion of, like, using space to represent the, the like, uh, academic hereditary relationship between Bergenworth, Mensis, and the choir to Dignity City is a real place. <laughs> Listen to one of our, I think, five separate Bergenworth podcasts. <laughs> I think Ber- Bergenworth has an it's a good value area. Yeah. I think in terms of like podcast hours to <laughs> floor space. It can't be big. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay, so um This has been going on for so long. Did we what, talk this, about <laughs> this note or just this whole project? 
<laughs> Did we talk about who left the notes? Yeah, I just mentioned <laughs> just talk. Are you all right? Do you need to like I, lie down okay, or have I, like a shower or something? <laughs> it's it's been a very long week at work and yeah, like yeah, yeah. I I was asking my boyfriend because it's tax time that's coming up. Yeah. So I've been asking my boyfriend, okay, did I do this? Did I do that? Yeah. Do I have to yeah. print it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you did this, you did that, you did this. Like, I could not remember things. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it was just a busy week, and I didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. Yeah, and they keep pumping out the podcasts. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked about why the note is left. Did we talk about who is it left for? Well, that's the thing, because, like, it's not an instruction. It's just, like, this is what will happen. This is, like, our plan. So, like, mm. that's why I'm saying it could have been, like, it could be Lawrence's note. It could be Mikolash's note. It could be uh, Damien's note. The other, th the thing is that it is it is a scrap of paper that is next to a book that is itself surrounded by all these books that have been ripped out of the bookshelf. So it looks like a note someone has made while reading all these books. Right. Which is okay, why I yeah. think it it might intent be intended to be Damien's note that like his plan is like okay this is what we're going to do with Mergo and all this stuff so therefore. Yeah, like, our plan is to do this, and then it's, like, he's got his Wiley Coyote, like, <laughs> schematic, and then it's, like, step <laughs> step C is kill Rom. <laughs> I guess that's it for this note, then. Yeah, that was remarkably on topic after we restarted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's actually shorter than the last one. Oh my god, really? Well, it's longer now. It was shorter by, like, ten seconds. <laughs> Alright, thank you, Richie. Alright, thank you, Sam. I will see you um, in a few seconds. Okay. To the next step. I can't wait. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>